0: Hello, dear Hank and John listeners. John is still out for the month. What am I doing without him? How am I surviving? He's working very hard. He's having a great sabbatical. I'm, I'm proud of him for taking time off. I think that it's important. But oh God, here I am, alone. But the good news is, we've got our live show from Madison, Wisconsin. It was a really good time. We're really excited to do more live, dear Hank and Johns, at some point in the future. I don't know when that will be, but I hope that it will be soon. And I hope there will be lots of them because it was really fun. Thanks to everybody who came out to Madison, Wisconsin. Here is our live show. that is the music that plays at the end of our podcast (laughs) but I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Memento this whole thing is gonna make a lot of sense when you watch it backwards (laughs) hello Welcome to Dear Hank and John! do so, I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and quiz each other with true-false questions. Dun, 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 dun. John! Yes? So, I don't know if you've heard, but Catherine has recently acquired, <sighs> through just the vagaries of the human body, a severe wheat allergy? That is a shame, And but is it actually necessary to the setup of the joke? Well, it's caused a lot of strife in the household. Okay. Because every time we have gluten-free spaghetti, I cannot help but shout, Impasta! Don't encourage him. They're laughing, John! They like it! Don't encourage him. You know the worst part about that joke. There's a lot that I don't like about it, but the worst part... Is that just today in the airport, we saw an amazing dad joke Thank that is also place specific. Yeah, they've heard that, and it. And we saw a t shirt that said, drink Wisconsibly." <laughs> the thing about that t shirt is, I thought it said, drink Wisconsinly," but then I got close and it said, drink Wisconsinably, and that's worse. Then yeah. I don't know if there's anybody from Drink Wisconsinably, the company, which I imagine exists. I, I kind of assumed that Drink Wisconsin was like a product of the Wisconsin Tourism Board. Right. You yeah. know? Where they were like, what do we got? <laughs> got beer. <laughs> got uh cows. You got any cow puns? Yeah. Let's stick with Wisconsin. But yeah, Wisconsinably is a disaster. <laughs> like I don't want to go. Yeah, well. Are we're we, the, are we? The way we're gonna do this episode of Dear Ang and John is we're gonna start off with some questions that were sent in by y'all, and we're just gonna read them to you. And if you want to go woo when we say your name and your ambulance song. So a little background. A little background we is just, important. Somebody thought it was a million dollar idea to have a special song that would play Me. Me. Uh, I have a Million Dollar Idea. A special song. And you'd the write it down. You'd write it down on your medical form and say, "This is the song I want to play when I'm in the ambulance on the way to the hospital." So we, instead of having last names, we have that song for each of the people who sent in uh, a question. And then uh, about halfway through, we're going to call some people down to actually give us your questions because we cannot we cannot accurately do them justice with you in the building. Well, there's two kinds of questions. <laughs> And the ambulance song thing, you totally butchered. The critical thing about the ambulance song is that it's the song that plays instead of the ambulance sirens. Yeah. So in order to tell cars oh. to get out of the way, it's Old Town Road or whatever your ambulance song is. Like for example, Maddie, who's- uh, Not sorry, here. who's not here. For example, Maddie, whose ambulance song is Take On Me by Real Big Fish. <laughs> they are right there. Maddie, here's the situation. Taking money is not by Real Big Fish. It is as done by Real Big Fish is acceptable. Okay. Right. Just for clarity. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Read the 80s. Great point, Hank. Great point. Maddie asks, why is it that when I hug my dogs, my instinct is to squish them too hard? Oh, that's so a now real you've thing. T- you've taken responsibility. Everybody knows that Maddie's right there. There it is. There she is. She wants to squeeze dogs too hard. No, but that's a real, that, that's a real phenomenon. It's, it's well-described in the literature. It's called cute aggression. There's a SciShow video about it. I've forgotten everything. Well, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember a fair amount. Yeah, so, like, what is it about, like, when you see a cute baby and you, you, you might literally say to yourself, my God, that baby is so cute, I could just punch it in the face. <laughs> it's a weird reaction yeah. to a cute baby. Uh-huh. And so this has been studied, and I'm not an expert, but I do have a microphone. <laughs> And my understanding is that this happens because it brings out the parts of our brain that want to, like, go and do something and be with the cute thing and cuddle and and snuggle and maybe even, like, kind of roll around with the cute thing and play with it and all that stuff, and all of those are, like, action emotions, and then also, like, anger and, like, aggression is an action emotion, and our brains are stuck really stupid and that is what's happening but some people don't have cute aggression which is also really weird like when i tried to explain cute aggression to my wife she was like why why would you dogs like to be petted softly and i'm like i want to eat the baby's toes yeah yeah i can't like people i just so cute i want us to eat that baby's toes it's a thing People say it, because it's, you kind of want, just like, oh, blah. yeah, now I'm starting to wonder, like, I'm starting to wonder, like, if it's gonna be weird, like, that I was like, hey, Henry, can I eat your nose? And he said no, and I, I didn't do it, obviously, you know, but like, <laughs> it seems weird now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah. What's the next question? Let's move on as fast as we can. Claudia, ambulance song Bye 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 by Insync. <laughs> It's a little. I feel like it's a little dark. Wow. Maybe it's just because you're leaving your house and you're like, bye. Maybe because Cla- you're Cl- leaving for good. Uh, yeah. In which maybe case it's a little rough. Maybe Claudia's just working her way through a breakup, <laughs> the only way I personally know how to. Listening to NSYNC. It's been a while. Claudia's <laughs> question is: If you had to move to Sesame Street, who would you want your neighbor to be? Let's no, all go. of them. All of them. Hmm. You make a good argument like I wouldn't mind being Oscar's oh. neighbor as I'm like in the house behind Oscar, not like the trash can next to Oscar. that's rough what are you looking up je so i got I got google I, I I have a very precise answer, and oh. I need to google, but all right everyone, oh, just, by the way i put my I put the internet on my phone for this podcast just. <laughs> He was downstairs looking at Twitter, trying to find someone called Peter. I couldn't, but I can't. I still can't log on to my Twitter, so I have to go to twitter.com/search, which, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> so while John is looking up a very specific thing on his, I think like I'd like to live next door to Bert and Ernie. They seem like pretty cool kids. Uh, not kids; they're adults, apparently. <laughs> Are they? It's not clear. They live in a house by themselves. Good, That's like sort of definitionally adults. It's a to great me. point. Great point. Hoots the owl. John's going with Hoots the owl. I'll Anybody, tell you why I'm going. We've got Hoots the owl fans in the front here. I'm glad glad to not be the only Hoots the owl supporter here. Um, I'll tell you why I'm going with Hoots the owl. It's because of Hoots the owl's incredibly important song in our relationship. It's a song called "You Have to." Put down the dang ducky if you want to play the saxophone. Hoots the Owl is trying to teach Ernie how to play the saxophone and Ernie's like trying to play the saxophone but he's got a rubber ducky in his hand so he keeps squeaking not playing the saxophone and Hoots the Owl is like, you got to put down the ducky if you want to play the saxophone. And that is the central fact of human life. John... So appears to be s- indicating that I'm not great at putting them the oh, ducky. Oh God, have I heard some s- s- ducky saxophone songs from my brother the over saxophone. the years? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times Hank has called me and he's been like, "I've got a great idea. I listen to this. You'll never, you'll never guess. This is s- s- so good. I- I'm gonna play the saxophone." And I'm like, "That's great. I think that sounds like a really good idea." It is gonna be necessary to put down the ducky. <laughs> And Hank's like, no, 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 I can carry that. I can put the ducky between my elbow and my side, I'll, I'll figure something out, I can, I, can, I, can, I can hold infinite duckies and play infinite saxophones. <laughs> oh, it's a really important thing in our, in our relationship. Can I ask a question? Yeah, if you can find one, I've got a system. Can you oh. figure it out? <laughs> this is our first time. Yeah, I could figure it out. I think um, this next question comes from Benita, whose uh, <laughs> whose ambulance song is Bon Jovi's Livin' on a Prayer." It's <laughs> good. Oh, we're halfway there. <laughs> well, yeah, you really halfway. would be halfway there. Yeah. Uh, how do you know when the story you've written is done? The story? I, yeah, yeah okay. I, I read a lot, and so many times the story ends either abruptly or just drags on. <laughs> I feel personally judged, Benito. <laughs> How do you know when it's done? I, when I, so I wrote a book once. <laughs> so I'm an expert now. I've done it one time, and I found that I f- knew I was done before I thought I was, I wrote a sentence, and I was like, oh, that's the end. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. I like. Got, I got to the, the climax, and I was like, oh, this is the climax of the book. Obviously, if I keep writing, it will make no sense. That's a good, it, was a, it was a good place to end. Yeah, it's this three-act structure, if you can, like, stick to that. I, I mean, I, that people have tried to explain that to me so many times, and... It just, like, I can't, it's, it's like a blind spot. I just can't internalize it. I find it so uninteresting. (laughs) Um, yeah, for me, like, I usually write the first version of the ending years and years before I write. I'm done with the book. You know, like the end, the last sentence of the book is never the last sentence I write. The last sentence I write is, you know, some connective tissue in chapter four or something. And so I don't know when I'm done. Uh, And so I rely on my editor and publisher. I've had the same editor for my entire 16 year career, which is very unusual in publishing. And so that's allowed me to have just complete trust in Julie and I, I don't feel like know. What somebody I'm done. in the first row, just when you said that you've been the same publisher, they were like, "Aw, it is really." It is, no, it is. It, it's really it never happened. Yeah, it never happens, and it, it's it's taken a tremendous amount of like trust on both sides and goodwill, and and it's been it's been really a, like one of the great joys of my professional life. But anyway, like she tells me when I'm when I'm done, <laughs> and the nice thing about Julie is that like a lot of publishers are are always under like deadline pressure, and they need to publish things in certain seasons for budgetary reasons and stuff and i'm sure that julie feels all of those pressures but she never passes any of them along to me so i never feel them and and we don't publish until i'm done which in this next case will be a, a while from now <laughs> we've got another question it comes from hannah who asks oh with verde's requiem i couldn't sing that one to you but some people got the joke oh you know what I know a little bit of it can not a sing singer i can't sing You know, the only reason I know it is that one time I was in an abandoned building with two-time National Book Award winner M.T. Henderson, and he started to sing it. And now it's in there forever. Yeah. Like, in the dark. And I was like, what, what, what? (laughs) Like, of course this guy guy knows that song. So Hannah asks, Dear Hank and John, uh, this question is just for you, though. I noticed that Haley's Comet got five out of five stars in the Anthropocene reviewed but it is not man-made, nor Uh, earthly, even. (laughs) It's not, it's not anthro or piscine. How was it selected for the Anthropocene review? Wow. (laughs) I think I I did the Latin wrong there, but just just to preempt the tweets. Oh God, what must that be like? That makes me really (laughs) glad I'm off Twitter when you have to worry about, oh God. Uh, Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I mean I made a bunch of errors when I first started making the Anthropocene reviewed But I don't think that saying Haley's comment is part of the Anthropocene was one of them. It wasn't discovered until the Anthropocene as defined by me <laughs> My definition, of course, being the first time that someone in Europe tasted a pineapple, being the beginning of hmm. human. I human... thought it was going to be the discovery of Halley's comet. No, 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 it no, it's no, going to no. be your definition. No, 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 no. Humans became a geologically significant force when we when we moved pineapples across a continent. From there, it, it was doomed. Uh, <laughs> But I, I gave it five stars and then somehow I got in my head that I was never going to give anything five stars and that the, the the maximum thing would be four and a half stars and it would be like this ongoing joke that nothing gets five stars and then maybe in like the last show that I ever write something will get five stars and it'll make people cry or whatever. But one, that's like, that's like the thing that writers do where they build up and build up and build up a great series finale and then they, they have no capacity to deliver because they have no plan for the five star review. And two, I already gave... Gave a five-star review in the second review, and I just forgot about it. <laughs> the whole thing is a catastrophe, and I and I have no idea how to like unpaint my way out of this corner. And I, I, I like when I go to sleep, this is one of the major things that I think about. This has nothing to do with the question. You're like giving us a completely separate anxiety that you have. Is Haley's Comet... Oh, yeah, it's part of the Anthropocene. We noticed... Who, who do you think noticed it? C- calves? No, <laughs> we noticed it. The idea of Haley's Comet in yeah. a person's brain. Yeah, the idea of a repeating comet, which is super weird. We... That, that comes from us. I agree. I'm with you. I'm not going to argue on that. Thank you. This next, Oh, you wanna do a question, John? Well, you know, you do it, you do it. You're, you're, you're great, you're great. You're doing great. It's just, you know. You do it. Okay, this next question comes from Shelby, uh, whose song is We're All Gonna Die by me. <laughs> Shelby. I mean, that would be a real honor, you know? Yeah. To be somebody's ambulance song. it oh, would be great. Do we get paid as artists <laughs> when you sign up? Can we get like 15 cents, just like a Spotify royalty or something? Now that it's my song, I'm curious. Yeah. I wasn't uh, curious before. I, uh, I think you just get your regular Spotify royalty, so you, you need, like, 500 million ambulances <laughs> in order to make a dollar. Yeah. Uh, Shelby, are you out there? Oh, hey. Hi. And your friend also wooed, which is confusing. Okay. Sister. No, oh. sorry, not. it wasn't your friend, it was your... You can be friends. <laughs> the question is, how does one properly celebrate the long-awaited removal of... Orthodontia. Orthodontia. Uh, John and I both have expertise in this subject. Having, oh, uh, I mean, it's one of my most vivid childhood memories. Yeah. So it comes off, Shelby, or possibly Shelby's sister. It comes off, and the first thing you're going to want to do is this. is this. how you celebrate. Just, just licking your teeth. You will not believe Bur- how smooth and <laughs> soft it all is. It's going to feel real weird. Then you're gonna want to like eat some ice cream, some brie cheese, brie cheese, soft, really soft cheeses that you can just sink those teeth into. Really yeah. biting. Mostly, it's celebrated by biting. Yeah. Not dogs. Oh, have some. Or yeah. babies. Yeah. You know what you should do? Have some saltwater taffy because that's something you can't do for the 17 years you have orthodontia. Do y'all have saltwater taffy here? Or is it too? Far, are we too far away from saltwater? Thank you. I don't know how it works. Uh, is it a naturally occurring phenomenon <laughs> that gets like mined yeah. out of the bottom no, of the it's ocean? Just like, just like old shoremen with scythes. Just <laughs> roosh, yeah. Roosh. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not how it happens? Yeah, <laughs> They got they got taffy dogs that hunt it down. <laughs> sniffing out the taffy. They're a dying breed, the taffy dog. Everybody's out there now. Got their own making taffy inside of stores. Nobody harvests it naturally anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, by the way, if y'all want to have a good sense of how miserable it was to live with Hank during the year he faked a British accent. That's how I got so good at it. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good that, like, during the, during the sound check, Catherine whispered to me, I think it's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hank, we got to get some questions from the people who are going to actually stand up and ask their questions. Okay. Yes, we do. Aaron. Let's right? do that. Aaron, whose favorite, <laughs> whose ambulance song is Yakety Sax? Hank, how does that go? Oh, I know, that one. I know that one. All right, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron can you so please come ask your we're gonna question? Have, we're going to have three people come down. Okay. Uh, we also want Natalie to come down. Your song is Move Bitch, Get Out The Way. It's a very good Ambulance song. Uh, so Mike is over here so he can make gold, it. Uh, solid gold Ambulance song. And then, uh, let's see. We are gonna, also going to bring up Jared, whose song is Ride of the Valkyries. Oh, yeah. oh, you're all in the front. That worked out very well. All right. Aaron, hit us with your Yakity sex question.
1: So for the past year, I've had reoccurring dreams about being in a falling elevator.
0: Okay, you've had elevator dreams, bad elevator dreams.
1: Twice in the past year, I've been in an elevator shortly before or after it got stuck or fell.
0: So not while you were in it? No. Oh, so you're poisoning the elevators. (laughs) (laughs) All right, continue.
1: Is it my civic duty to take the stairs for the rest of my life? (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: have you been taking the stairs lately?
1: I haven't been in an elevator lately.
0: You haven't had Hmm. the opportunity. Okay. Are you genuinely freaked out about this? Well, here's what I, I, like, the first- Because you're about to be when I'm done. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I feel like you're taking this pretty casually considering the size of the problem we have. (laughs) 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 I mean, have you seen the Final Destination films? (laughs) (laughs) They're very, very clear about what happens. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, the first thing I want to say is, like, just in general, if you got in an elevator after the first time this happened, I want to, like, compliment you on your dedication to reason. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, 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 if that had happened to me, like, I'm super, like, logic brain. I'm not super... St- but I'd be like,
1: I don't know if I can't get the perfect hotel anymore. <laughs> can
0: we have the ground hotels? Can we do a ground hotel where there's just ground? I think this is a very common recurring dream. And yes. I think when coincidences happen to us, they feel extremely meaningful because they just happen to us. But they happen all the time because of the number of things that might happen. And I think you're okay. But I will say this, if it happens a third time, (laughs) I I think you should look into a sort of an elevator list. what an elevator list life might look like (laughs) and, and whether that would be a life that you could find fulfilling. Now, I, as, as a person who knows a surprising amount, I must have done research for some reason, but I know a surprising amount about how elevator deaths happen. Oh. It's very unusual. In America, it's happened like once or twice, and this is for like really weird and upsetting reasons, that the elevator falling, like with people in it, has been the cause of death. There are a number of elevator-related deaths, though, frequently, and they are... Most common, there isn't an elevator there, and people walk in and just go down. That so actually happens first. quite a lot. Look look before you get in the elevator. Uh, and then the number two is the elevator gets stuck halfway. I don't even want to tell you about this. No, no, people stop. Are, yeah. Don't get out of an elevator if it's stuck halfway between floors is the other thing to say to Aaron, who has elevators. specific... Oh, great. By the way, now everybody's got elevator anxiety. So, like... I mean, I know what we're all dreaming about tonight. <laughs> all right, thank you for your question. Thank you, Aaron. What a wild situation. It's a wild situation, but not as wild as Natalie's. Hello, thank you. I'm very Hi. curious. All about this hit me. <laughs>
1: I am dating a wonderful man and like 80% of the time, he's so reasonable. But... So you've got a, okay.
0: <laughs> All right, so you've got
1: you, an 80% of the time reasonable, reasonable man. Yeah, this question is about that 20%. I've already had to talk him out of a mullet and like that's been like a year's worth of conversation. Like when you guys covered that on your podcast, we were making dinner together and I like was just staring daggers at him the okay. entire time. Okay, Um This I is tense. I have a friend that graduated. His name is Ryan, like a re- he's a real, real Ryan. Ryan. Real yes. Ryan. Real Ryan. What happened, the situation was Northwestern, my university, go Cats. Mm
0: -hmm. Go Cats.
1: (laughs) Made it to the playoffs in basketball for the first time in like forever. We're terrible at sports. And the president of the university, Morton Shapiro, said we need a speedo guy who is.
0: The president of the university said we need a speedo guy. Correct. (laughs) That seems like a dangerous game for university presidents to be playing, but, you know, I'm not an
1: expert. It's a, it's a legend in the NBA. Someone, like, donned a speedo and, like, did a dance while there was a free throw happening okay. and it was, like, the game-winning throw on the distracting. guy missed the yeah, shot. shot sp- exactly. Yeah. So guy. my friend Ryan did that. That's like awful. he came, Ryan
0: was the speedo guy. Yes. And, and, and it he, was great.
1: Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. What's the problem?
1: <laughs> the problem is that, like, we have a really tight friend group, and when Ryan graduated, he, like, bestowed it on to one of the, the men in our friend group that was also going to be a senior, and that man is my boyfriend.
0: Oh. <laughs> You're dating the next Speedo, Speedo guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, I am. I really, really don't want to be famous by association for my boyfriend being mostly naked on a televised event. Yeah, well, I mean... No! (laughs) Like, I don't...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Hank and I are going to have different answers to this, right? (laughs) Hank's waited his whole life for someone to ask him to be the Speedo guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. So, listen, this is going to sound weird, but I actually have relevant experience. (laughs) Because in college, I also dated a mascot. (laughs) I did. My college girlfriend was the Towson Tiger at Towson University. She was very good, but I will say this. It was a full-body costume (laughs) Um, and show uh, perhaps a slightly different situation. Yeah, it sounds irrelevant experience is what that sounds like to (laughs) me. I was just going to say, listen, my experience dating a, a mascot who loves sports is that you support them, and you empower them and you tell them that they're doing a great job with their uh, cart- cart- cartwheels and everything. <laughs>
1: right.
0: And that seems like it's very relevant.
1: But yeah. he's gonna be naked. He's not, he's not gonna <laughs> nope. be naked. Nope, <laughs> The president
0: of the university <laughs> is in favor of speedo guys. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, the, the, so the rot goes all the way up, one yeah. might argue. <laughs> Uh, so, so this like, what's the current one. the current position is like uh, is like Speedo guy's second in command kind of situation. But that, but Ryan's all, gone. He's gone. He's off. He's
1: gone. Yeah. Okay.
0: And and when does the the semester starts starts soon?
1: R- yeah. But basketball. When does basketball start? Basketball's Sport. in the winter. Yeah. Oh, You've okay. got
0: four months to work on this prompt. <laughs> uh, Wait. Well, yeah. When when is the, when is the first Speedo guy occurrence?
1: It's in like. March. Oh. Okay. Oh, we're yeah. great.
0: No, this is, this is easy. It's, mm. just, it's just a little bit at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just like, I think it's great that you've, Ryan has asked you to be the speedo guy. You know, though, you know who'd really like to be the speedo guy? Rick. <laughs> 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 you talk to Rick about it. Yeah. Like Rick was telling me earlier, he's just, he's so desperate to be the speedo guy, he's... What if? What if? What if? <laughs> This is a compromise. He's not Speedo guy anymore. He's Speedo Luchador guy, and he has a mask on. I oh!
1: agree with that. <laughs> yes. yes. Or, or, or he's
0: Speedo Minotaur, and he puts yeah. a giant, yeah.
1: giant.
0: It, was, it wasn't cheap oh. that mask, yeah. but like they're available on Etsy. <laughs> I mean, by the way, if you really want to distract a free throw shooter, Speedo Minotaur guy (laughs) is gonna go a lot further. Yes, you have to make it about the sport. What can you do to be the best Speedo guy you can? Not show your face. Yes. (laughs) All right, we did it. We solved your problem. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll, We'll get you. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great solution. What the hell? What, what? Just that, just that situation. That was one of the best questions I've ever re- received <laughs> in my entire life. Love it. Jared, hello. What's your weird situation? So, I'm really excited. I'm getting married in December. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> to you? Congratulations. Do you well, need an officiant? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not available. <laughs> So here's the deal. I'm really excited about getting about getting married. She's really excited about getting married. We're not living in the same place, so yeah. I can't, like, show my excitement because I don't have her with mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have my my wedding band. I'm wearing the wedding band, but is it okay for me to wear, mm-hmm. like, my wedding band before I've actually, like, gotten married? Are you wearing it now? Yes. Ah. Is, is that a crime? Yeah. I, yeah, that's what... I don't know. Ah. I mean... No, I, no. she yeah. says, no, are you... We- Mm. You like Are, you like him wearing the wedding band. Do you wait? Oh, so ah, oh, I see. So you've, oh. been, you've the ring is well, good and paid for. So you might as well. Get Your as argument mu- is, much is if you're going to amortize you the cost can. of the ring yeah. over the length of the, the relationship. No, the length of the <laughs> wearing of the ring. Why? Why, why subtract six months exactly. at the very beginning?
1: It's right. You well, know, the You're easiest, get the most the guaranteed six
0: months. Yeah. Can you, can you, uh, fiance? Can you stand up to the microphone? I have a question for for you. Uh, are you at all worried that your strapping young fiance there might get more attention if he isn't wearing a wedding ring? Yes. Okay. <laughs> is that part of it, or is it just the cost thing? Because the cost thing makes total sense to me. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, you know, like many what?
1: Many things. So it's many also, th- that's many. That's like one of the things. Mine. I like wearing mine because it's you know a symbol of my love. for It's him. like
0: showing and showing did you, off. It's like did, yeah. okay. I did you think about getting him an engagement ring no. and then like doubling up with the wedding band?
1: I did not think of that. Well,
0: if I had something, I would do it. But I don't. I don't have anything <laughs> on. You me. know, but 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 actually, get him a duck. <laughs> And then he has to carry the duck around all the time. And then, whenever a woman sees him, she's like, That's weird. <laughs> and Hank, it's problem solved. Yeah. Hank Green, expert in 18th century courtship. That's <laughs> <laughs> how it works. It's, it's your life, it's your ring. Uh, make the day, make the day a little special. I don't think that the ring is necessary to make the day special, but if you can make the day a little special, and not in the way that, like, your parents want you to make it special, or all the other, uh, vested interests in your wedding want you to make it special, but just, like, a little thing for the two of you that, that can serve as a memory, that's much more important, I think. And also... Uh, I mean, no offense to the like massive wedding industrial complex, but like it's not that important. Like the ma- the marriage is kind of the important part of the, of the <laughs> wedding. Um, sure. And y'all are y'all are good on that front. So just enjoy this process, and then and then enjoy the next sixty. How old are you? <laughs>
1: Twenty-five.
0: Twenty-five. Yeah. Sixty-seven years of marriage.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, cool.
0: Um, thanks for putting a time limit on it, John. Damn Nostradamus over here. All right. Oh, those Which, questions were all so good. There were so many great questions we didn't get to, and we apologize. I mean, send in, que- send your questions in. Yeah, to your, all to of Hank you and John. people, just send in questions, please, because they were they were magical. They were. Oh, I can't believe all the ones we didn't get to. And that reminds me that this podcast is brought to you by the Speedo Minotaur. <laughs> you can't get that ball in that hole. There's a Speedo Minotaur. <laughs> I said it the way I said it. Uh, today's podcast is also brought to you by Hoots the Owl, reminding Hank since 1980 that if you want to play the saxophone, you must put down that ducky. This podcast is also brought to you by the original saltwater taffy. Not the stuff they make in the stores, the stuff they dig out of the ground like real men. And anyway, lastly, today's podcast is brought to you by the three-act structure. The three-act structure. What? What? <laughs> So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper, the off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same, and another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you, ZocDoc.com slash DearHank right, John Yeah I got a new thing Yeah so instead of closing out the podcast with the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon of which there is not much because AFC Wimbledon play tomorrow uh, and Mars is a cold dead rock in the vacuum of space We are uh, going to do a different bit, apparently. I've decided to do a thing. I just like trivia, so I'm going to test my brother. Okay. It's true-false questions. Don't help me. You're free to play along out there. Don't. (laughs) Are they? You know, in your heads. Oh, yeah, in your heads, yeah. And just know that John's probably smarter than you. He knows so many things. Okay. I don't. We'll see. I don't. Fact number one. Rachel from Friends would be happy to go on Ralph Lauren's boat as long as there are enough life jackets. True. 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 Two, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not allowed to dub his own part in German for the German edition of The Terminator because he had developed an American accent. Mm, false. That's, that is false. He was not allowed because he had an Austrian accent, and the oh. Germans were like, that seems weird and pastoral, not scary. <laughs> Number three, true or false, Ducks are making a comeback against chickens in some places because as flooding increases due to global warming, they are less likely to drown. (laughs) Did I make it up or is that one real? Dark and true. Dark and true it is. Fact number four, there is a typo on the capstone of the Washington Monument. I mean, I'm sure that's true. It's not true. No! I made that up. There is a typo. In the uh, Lincoln Memorial, though, it says future instead of future. <laughs> They've tried very hard to cover it up, but apparently they can't. It's like outside of the, uh, their ability. N- number five, I Mark Twain. There's a lot of other things they also can't do. <laughs> so I have to say, I'm, I'm not shocked the federal government hasn't been able to get its act together to ah, fix a typo. They're doing plenty of things. Are they? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to be a federal employee. They're doing their best. B- many oh, of them are doing their best. I was referring to Congress, to be clear. <laughs> Number five, Mark Twain's name was not Mark Twain. Correct. Indeed, Mark Twain is a Mississippi slang term for what we might today call a stud muffin. (laughs) Incorrect. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to get him on a Mark Twain fact, but you never know. I was two-thirds true. Do you know what... (laughs) Do you know what Mark Twain is slang for? Yeah, it means like 2 fathoms deep. Yeah, it's like, like a mark unit of two measurement fathoms yeah. d- of depth in the river. That's correct. Whatever a fathom is. Number 6. <laughs> the mission that found the Titanic was actually looking for secret sunken nuclear submarines. No. True. No, really? Yeah, they sent it out there to find these submarines that like bi- marine biologists who had all the stuff they were like we want you to go secretly look for these submarines. They found the submarines and then they also found the Titanic. They, like, found the submarines too early, and they were like, well, let's go look for the Titanic then. <laughs> Freaking wild. It's great. Fact number seven. You got So, I haven't been keeping track. I think you've gotten three wrong so far, which is great. Fact number seven. It's better than average. No, we've nope, done nope. six. Never mind. Before filming, Luke Skywalker was named Luke Starkiller, but people kept making Charles Manson references because he actually killed a star. So, everybody agreed to change it. Uh, I mean, they were like 11 years apart. The Manson murders and Star Wars. On the other hand, the Manson murders were pretty famous. I, I'm gonna say true. It's true. We could have had Luke Starkiller, and thank God we didn't. I'm well. I guess whoa. Not don't. I'm not thanking Charles Manson for anything. Uh, <laughs> no. number also nine. also of the things that you could thank God for. That seems a weird one. Well, Luke. I mean, Skywalker, John. Yeah. It's a great name. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. You In know, 925. It's also like, <laughs> beauty and hope and all that chance. Yeah. Alright, 925. And not, uh, no, sorry, in 295 BC Gaius oh. Paprius, a sure. rich Roman guy, died yep. because the working class evacuated the city in a mass strike over poor working conditions and he refused to cook his own food so he ate a bunch of raw meat. God, I hope that's true. <laughs> Is it true? It's not true. Oh, man. But they did. <sighs> this was a thing that happened frequently where the proletariat would be like, I'm out. You guys suck. Fend for yourselves. And then they'd be like, OK, we'll treat you better. So, collective action, everyone. And finally, no- <laughs> it works. Gaius Paprius has to eat meatballs raw. Or uh, number 10, Dumbledore is an old English word for an old, boring person. False. False. Dumbledore is an old English word for a bumblebee. Nah. <laughs> yeah. That's lovely, John. You did fine. I, I think I I think I did the same as if I had thrown darts at the answers. <laughs> Weirdly, you did better backstage. <laughs> I lost my confidence when the questions were repeated. <laughs> you like, uh, questioned yourself. You should have told me which ones, was wrong, which ones were wrong. Uh, thank yeah, you. I had decided not to do that. John, thank you for potting with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Everyone in the audience, thank you for being oh, here today. You've been incredible, Madison. Thank you so much. Thank this you for really giving fun. us. Oh, and a huge thanks to everybody here uh, in the yeah, in, in, in Madison and, it, yeah. and Shannon Hall, who's made this so great. Nick, a Mountain Goats fan, uh, who's been doing the audio all night brilliantly. Epiphany uh, has been running the show backstage. She's been a nerdfighter for like more than 10 years uh, and just happens to be working tonight. So thank you very much. A theater person, a nerdfighter, what? <laughs> who would have thunk it? And also, a huge thanks to Monica Gasper, who uh, ran VidCon and ran PodCon and is now running this. Um, we're so grateful to her and to everybody we get to work with. Go and have a wonderful evening and uh, enjoy yourself in beautiful Madison. Thank you and good night. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna-Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. It's a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno and the music that you hear at the beginning of the podcast and the end of the podcast is by The Great Gunnarola. Thank you. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be awesome.